Among the domestic staff at the Rongwa mansion was a certain drunk, dilapidated cook, by surname Duo, who, because of his weakness of character and general uselessness, had acquired the nickname Droopy Duo. Two years previous to this date, Droopy's father had provided him with a wife. She was now just turned 20, a fine, good-looking young wanton, always eager to throw herself at whatever partner's opportunity might place in her way. Droopy Dwar raised no objection to her infidelities, as long as he had meat to eat, and wine to drink, and money in his pocket. He saw no reason to concern himself about anything else. Consequently, there was scarcely an able-bodied male in the Ningguo or Rongguo mansions, who had not, at one time or another, sampled her wares. Because of her pneumatic charms and omnivorous promiscuity, this voluptuous young limmer was referred to by all and sundry as the mattress. Okay, so having having vented, are you then goes to sleep, um, and with the benefit of a good night's sleep, when he wakes up in the morning, he is feeling a lot more conciliatory towards Shira, and lo and behold, she's sitting there on his bed. Oh, well, she's lying next to him in bed, fully closed, outside the covers, and she can see that he's, you know he's maybe coming around to her her uh, way of looking at things but maybe the message hasn't been kind of fully driven home so she's going to continue giving him the silent treatment <laughs> um yeah yeah so he has to ask her several times what's the matter uh before she finally uh you know she like threatens to leave effectively or, or just uh, uh, threatens not to care anymore right yeah, she she kind of she continues the ac- accusations, you know, of of him being uncaring and and she she mentions this this comment that he made yesterday about you know her being a, <laughs> a, an insult to all good flowers. Um, kind of throws that yeah. throws that yeah. back at him. Well, that was a good comment. <laughs> and so to to show his you know his. Um, uh, I guess to show the the strength of his feelings, he picks up a jade hairpin lying beside his bed and he snaps it in two. And he says, so be it with me if I ever fail to listen to you again. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's full of grand gestures, um, but not very good at the yeah. actual follow through. And did, did that remind you again of chapter uh, chapter three when he's when he like tried to smash his own precious jade? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sort of a, a parallel gesture. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you think? What do you think Jade represents here? What does it? What does it mean? What's he? 
what's he breaking by breaking this jade hairpin? I mean, that's well, that's his, you know, maybe his essence or his being, mm-hmm. you know, his promise to the world, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's him struggling against his own nature, um, mm-hmm. but also so maybe it represents something like the expectation put upon him. There's something going on here. The jade the jade is a penis. The jade is his penis. And this uh well this goes some way to um convincing her of his his seriousness. Um and so she she gets him up out of bed and they go off to, you know, get kind of do their kind of morning wash and and, and get properly woken up. Mm-hmm. Uh and meanwhile, uh Dayu sneaks in and finds this passage that Baoyu wrote the previous night. And, you know, in a flash, she writes a, a almost like a, a rebuttal of it right there and there in, in verse. Yes. Yeah, a major yeah, a major takedown. Yeah. Very satisfying to read. <laughs> it's very good, isn't it? I, I mean, it's quite good in the... The Hawke's translation, I think, is very skillful. Um, it, it reads... What wretch would hear with scurrile pen the text of Zhuangzi plagiarize, and heedless of his own great faults, fright others with his wicked lies? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much what the Chinese gets at. Um, there's a sense here yeah, that he's he, this is kind of slanderous what he's what he's writing, um, you know, <laughs> and and I think it does a very good job of deflating his his kind of pompous self-righteous attitude mm-hmm. although she has snuck into his room with the same sort of uh nosiness that he snuck into hers so it's kind of a uh maybe they're they are sharing each other's faults right now you know to the extent that he sort of uh transgressed their boundaries that morning this mm-hmm. seems to be like a uh a complimentary gesture yeah yeah absolutely and I think that she does, in her character, unlike Balchai, who we were saying before is is rather conventional um, and adheres quite strictly to the kind of to societal expectations. I think Dayu is much more of a, yeah, she she maybe doesn't feel like she's bound by them or or just doesn't you know consider them worth her her time or attention. You know, at least at this moment, she seems more interesting, you know, because she has this mis- mischievous sort of uh, propensity. Yeah. But um, I, I think I, I haven't completely, you know, I haven't completely written off Bao Chai. I, I think her character comes out more fully later. Mm. Uh, right now, she seems very um, sort of uh, kind of lacking in depth a little bit. What do you think? I think that there's been less time devoted to her, definitely. Okay, yeah, it's it's too soon to tell. Okay. Yeah, she certainly is the more conventional one, mm-hmm. um, but that I don't think necessarily means that she should be understood as being one-dimensional. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. How about we talk now about Shifeng's uh, daughter, uh, who yeah. has contracted a case of uh, smallpox, right? Yeah, and so it's at some point in the story, although we were never really informed of it, I I don't remember. Uh, Wang Xifeng has had a a child. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't think at any point previously it mentioned that she had had one, but um, this presumably has, you know, been going on in the background at some point. Okay, yeah. Th- like, there was never any section of the book devoted to her no. being pregnant and, and bearing a child. No. Um, yeah, you're right. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, I suppose it's kind of interesting in a way just because, it, you know, it is an important sort of life event, um, but maybe it's not considered for some reason to be a... Uh, appropriate or, or maybe noteworthy i'm not sure if, what the reason for that is though but anyway so she and uh Jialian have um yeah a young daughter um who as you said is sick with smallpox variola and so so what's the cure um you know th- this is another kind of anthropological moment because we get to see what the procedure is in a kind of pseudo medical and so the, the doctors come. There, there's the the general sentiment is that well, it's good that it's smallpox because you know now we know it's smallpox, not something even worse, which is a bit mm. of you know <laughs> interesting. Although sort of, I uh, mean, it, it makes sense, though, right? Yeah, but it's surprising really because smallpox is a very serious illness, and it used to kill a lot of people right. before we had a vaccine for it. Um, um, uh, and so you know the usual kind of substances are prescribed there's a lot of really interesting sort of ritual behavior that is also prescribed some let me go through some of these so uh, shifang and jalian are to abstain from sex for 12 for for 12 days days. and actually the doctor is also not supposed to leave for 12 days it's almost as if they're like kind of quarantined in that space and so i was almost wondering if that ritual also had the effect of preventing the doctor from spreading the pox, like contracting the smallpox and spreading it to somebody else. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. I'm, I'm viewing it from uh, pandemic eyes. And so like, oh, <laughs> the, the doctor is quarantined. They're required to stay on the premises. A special red cloth, a dark red cloth is to be, is to be made into a dress and all of the nurses maids and female relations are to participate in that dress's construction um Mm -hmm. so there's some kind of sympathetic magic going on there and there's also they have to uh make appropriations to the smallpox the doujen yang yang the smallpox goddess is Mm. that correct um yeah that's right and and so there's a special goddess or a special kind of um, supernatural entity who apparently looks over this particular disease. And so there's a whole kind of ritual um, apparatus that uh, is going to keep uh, Shifang and uh, Lady Wang busy for the foreseeable future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this, the Niang Niang you mentioned the the smallpox goddess that name will become yeah. important <laughs> later on yes it will <laughs> um, um so yeah so it's it's some medicine and a lot of kind of interesting ritual mm. stuff she the child is to take pig's tail blood and essence of mulberry worm okay um and they're to avoid all fried and sauteed cookery um and then yeah abstinence of the parents the doctors on kind of constant watch uh-huh. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> Jialian being being separated from his wife is mm-hmm. is at a loose end. 
he's specifically been moved into the outer study on account of, I guess, the abstinence uh, prescription. Uh, but this actually ge- this gives him an opportunity to sort of uh, start hunting around almost immediately. So he's uh, he comes across really poorly in this chapter, right? We've seen before that we weren't really sure of his character, uh, but he, he, he's the portrayal here is, is very uncompromising. And so almost immediately, there's some indication that he might have been, or at least he had a propensity toward uh, also kind of taking advantage of male pages as well. Yeah, his, his, his younger male servants, definitely. Uh, he And this has been hinted at before, that he has these, I think in Hawks, he uses the term fancy boys. Um, mm. But basically, yeah, that he has male friends who it's suggested he occasionally has sex with. Mm-hmm. And, and, and here, yeah, that I, I pulled out the Chinese. Hawks says he was reduced to slaking his fires on the more presentable of his pages. And yeah, basically, you know, being deprived of sex, he is full of this kind of sexual frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has to jiang xiao si nei qing jun de. So, you know, from among the xiao si, the, which is the pages, mm-hmm. um, he he takes the qing uh, de. So this is the most presentable, the most attractive mm-hmm. of them. Uh, so he chooses them. He 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 takes the most presentable of them. One chuhua is is literally to unleash fire. You know, to to release his fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so here, yeah, I, I think we should understand it to mean. To achieve sexual release. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and so the, yeah, the Hawks is really good there, I thought. I thought that was a really good uh, like rendering of that. But it's at this time that finally we were introduced to... Uh, in the Hawks, it's the mattress, which is a little bit more inventive on Hawks' part. So there's a, a cook in the compound uh, named Dolguar who's sort of reviled and he's considered sort of a, a lazy uh, sort of worthless individual for whatever reason. And, and so a lot of people call him Do Hun Chong, Droopy Do. But it's something literally like foolish insect Do. <laughs> right, yeah. It's <laughs> And he has a wife a younger wife who kind of gets around the compound and is known for being extremely uh, promiscuous. And so promiscuous. her nickname is Dolgunyar, yeah. uh, which mm. it seems to be a play, right? On on Do. So like so like Do in in uh, Chinese, I guess. It, can be a surname but also just more commonly it just means like a lot of or numerous and so she's Do Guniang yeah. so she's the many partner Guniang that's kind of the or, yeah, that's kind of the idea right that that's sort of it isn't it yeah she's like Miss Miss Moore mm-hmm. or Miss Lots something like that <sighs> it, it doesn't no, doesn't yeah. translate that well into it but yeah the, the pun is basically on Do the surname meaning as you say many and the implication being that she's Little Miss mm-hmm. Many Sexual Partners. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no. doesn't, doesn't work, does it? Hawks, Hawks chooses the nickname The Mattress, which 
I think captures the the tone right, which is um, implying that she is promiscuous and bringing with that, unsurprisingly, um, a certain amount of um, sort of contempt mm-hmm. or condemnation. It probably also pairs well with uh, her description later, because one of her like. Uh attributes according to the text is that she sort of melts upon uh physical contact and so that's kind of the softness of Mm. a mattress i think that's the sort of the double double sense there Mm. so so she has uh it's like that old song you know that i've noticed you around i find you very attractive Mm -hmm. it's uh that's basically that's what's been going on between her and Jalian, he's noticed her around. Mm-hmm. She's noticed him around, but um, nothing has ever really become of it because, um, well, partly because he doesn't want to get in trouble with his wife, but also partly because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to get in trouble with his his fancy boys. You know, right? Yeah, that was interesting. He's really caught in a bind there, yeah. which is really funny. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, are we to assume that Shifang uh, knows about the Fancy Boys and that's just not an issue? I kind of think so, yeah. Um, and this goes back to, we've mentioned this before, this like slightly bizarre uh, depiction of homosexuality in this, or at least male mm-hmm. homosexuality in this, um, mm-hmm. in this novel, which is, it's not, um, in a contemporary European setting, you would expect that homosexuality would be um, just because of the kind of conventions and values of the time or the kind of views of the time would be the conventional view of it would be something um, immoral or shameful. And that doesn't seem to be the case in this novel, but bizarrely it's treated as kind of a leisure pastime for wealthy men mm-hmm. um, and nothing more than that. Mm-hmm. So not the subject of any kind of moral judgment, but still this kind of monumentally patronizing and, and offensive um depiction nonetheless mm-hmm. um and i think this is the same thing right she she knows that her husband from time to time has sex with men um but that's just understood to be a thing that some men do like mm-hmm. say uh i don't know <laughs> it's, it's a kind of hobby for him i suppose <laughs> it's kind of peculiar and, and so finally they had the opportunity one night right and so, of course, Jupiter has, you know, fallen asleep drunk on his uh, Kong. And it sounds as if they, they're in the same room, maybe. Is that the impression you got? Or like they're maybe next, like in, a, in, a, in an adjacent room? I think that's about right. Yeah, he's, Jalen is not able to host her in his own room. Mm-hmm. Um, but... They have to find some place. He's he's got one of his his male servants to get a message to her to arrange a room for them to meet. And so, just like uh, Jare, he immediately sets to work. Uh, but um, I guess he's more successful. Yeah, these the, these guys. There's no foreplay <laughs> or anything, and there's no like, you know, as as soon as the opportunity presents itself, he's very much like belt off, trousers down. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have some small talk. Anyway, we hear that... Um, we should talk about that. As you mentioned, she has this... Yeah, so she has this characteristic, which is to... Her her 
her whole body becomes extremely um kind of soft and yielding um and so this you know uh, <laughs> uh it's kind of bizarre to imagine but yeah it's a Jalien is described as having the having the impression of lying on a heap of down mm. you know so her her body is like a soft pile of feathers <laughs> okay so yeah um and once they start having sex uh they have some like kind of small talk or uh sex talk pillow but talk. not exactly what yeah. you might expect um she talks about you know you really shouldn't be having sex your little girl has got the smallpox uh like you naughty yeah. man so not exactly not exactly the most yeah. um what you might imagine to be the most kind of erotically enticing material to be discussing but his um I, I, I get it though. She's she's deliberately yeah, like goading yeah. him. You know, she's saying you're making yourself yeah. unclean. You know, you're you're very yes. Bad that's that's the general sentiment. Um. <laughs> but his response is, uh, while they're worshiping the goddess, you're supposed to keep yourself pure. And his response is, you know, you are my only goddess. I care for, <laughs> which is really yeah. funny. Oh, you are my goddess. Uh, that that yeah. has to be that has to be a joke, right? In the original, do you think the author like? Thought that was really funny, and, and so he uses this phrase, uh, "You are my, you of course are my my goddess," and this this mm-hmm. nyang nyang is the same one used for mm-hmm. the the smallpox goddess, right? Um, and I suppose it's kind of because her her nickname is Duo Gu Nyang, and this is the same nyang. It's kind of somehow playing okay, on two, yeah. I suppose. What what's kind of interesting is that she when she talks about him making himself unclean with her, she uses this kind of um dialect term, Adza, which is yeah, it's it's like dirty, impure, unclean. Um and it's the same phrase used in a completely different part of the book. So in chapter nine, when Bao Yu goes off to school, he bids farewell to his father. And his father could not care less. And is frankly slightly embarrassed by him. Um, and he actually says, your presence here is mm-hmm. polluting, you know. Um, and he uses the same phrase, mm-hmm. Aza, to 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 describe um, him. Uh, anyway, so they this, this does just kind of mm-hmm. goad him on more. And so they have sex several times until they're both kind of, you know, exhausted. Um, and they plan on doing it again. So they, it was... You know, it was a uh, successful kind of um, arrangement, and and there's some yeah kind of uh, you know vows and obligations have been secretly sworn. Yeah, the Chinese term is Meng Shan Shi Hai. So Meng is to uh, make an oath or make yeah. an alliance, I suppose. Shan is a mountain. Shi is also to make oaths, and then Hai is the sea. So they kind of. They swore by mountains and mm-hmm. made oaths upon the sea, something like that kind of thing, you know. So, yeah, there's a there's definitely a mm-hmm. a, a real bond between them. And then they part ways, right? He, I guess, he sneaks back at some point, and despite him not observing abstinence, um, nonetheless, his daughter's smallpox does um, <laughs> is cured. You know, it, it clears mm-hmm. up, and then he and Wang Xifeng are, are reunited and they themselves have um well it's not really make up sex is it it's sort of mm. reunion sex you know 
um and it's all the kind of more intense for having had this right. this separation an, an interesting kind of observation um, yeah and then the next morning while Shifeng goes off and her um on some business or other and her mm. maidservant patience uh PR is kind of tidying up in the bedroom and it's there among i think Jialian's clothes that she finds this long mm. strand of black hair and she kind of somehow knows that it's not Wang Shifeng's but that it's, mm-hmm. it's another woman's and so then there's an incident where she shows it to she confronts Jialian and they sort of chase after he chases after yeah. her and she's kind of trying to use it as a maybe leverage it against him in some capacity yeah uh, leverage leverage is exactly the word because the term that she uses mm-hmm. is babian yeah. mm-hmm. a handle basically uh she says okay, yeah. so this is a hand this is a handle for a lifetime basically you know like um so we got the Taoism before now we're getting some like <laughs> stone cold legalism yeah yeah she knows that she can hold this over his head and, and you know we were we were talking just before about how in this kind of deeply hierarchical society you can only really advance by um scheming and mm-hmm. this is a scheming of another sort i suppose yeah for sure she knows you know, she knows right. that if she can blackmail him in a way then there may be something good in it for her and so he's trying to you know work something out with her when uh shifeng returns and so there's this tense moment where it's unclear whether Pingar is going to reveal his secret. And so he's pleading, he's silently pleading with her. Um, uh, yeah, and we have that kind of classic like comedy type situation where Wang Xifeng and Pingar are f- facing each other and Jia Lian is standing behind Wang Xifeng and looking at Pingar and, you know, mm-hmm. making the making the eyes at her, making the kind of cutthroat gesture at her yeah, to yeah. convince her not to mention it. And so, you know, she ultimately does not spill his secret, presumably because she plans on using it. And so, you know, Shifeng has some remarks like, uh, you know, did he find anything? You know, was there anything missing? Was there anything extra? Was Yeah, was there anything there that shouldn't be there? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so she's obviously, like, just naturally suspicious. Rightfully so, it would seem. What, what What's interesting is... It, the gesture that he makes to Pingar in the English is uh, the kind of cutthroat gesture, which is what you and I would, you know, be familiar with. But in the Chinese, it's uh, it's wringing a chicken's neck. It seems to be okay. is the gesture. So it's a, you know, it's a little different. It it wouldn't necessarily make as much sense to you or I. But I think it's just funny that the meaning is exactly the same, and there is a, a very a, almost identical gesture, but the actual action is a bit different. You know, he's. He's saying not that I will slit your throat, but then I'll wring your neck. So you know, mm-hmm. no less, no less violent. <laughs> okay, but but yeah, she, uh, Pingar and Shifeng, you know, that they're, they're having this conversation. Is there, was there anything missing? Is there anything there that shouldn't be there? That that sort of thing. But she covers for him exactly as you say. Mm-hmm. I think what happens here is that Shifeng leaves again, and they kind of agree to you know, keep it secret. But then mm-hmm. at the last moment, he snatches the hair away anyway. Uh, yeah. Sort of, she, she kind of, Pingar let her guard down a little bit. Uh, and in that pivotal moment, he sort of uh, got the upper hand again. 
And then after, yeah. it's what's amazing here is that this whole kind of um, cat and mouse game has apparently also enlivened his sexual desire. And so now yeah. he, he starts to make moves on Pingar. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, the whole cat and mouse game has got him very hot under the collar. Like, his blood is up. And then she's very angry with him for snatching the hair away. And apparently the sight of her being angry uh, makes her somehow all the more irresistible to him. So, yeah, as you say, he he kind of tries to grab her. Um, yeah. And she, like, kind of uh, slips away, right? Yeah. Only for him to basically complain complain about Shifeng and mm-hmm. you know basically like threaten to to beat her up one day you can tell he's sort of afraid of her and maybe feel somewhat emasculated uh it's a very yeah, strange a, a, like one day lot. i'll i'll be strong enough to abuse my wife it's a very a very odd comment he i think this chapter is generally uh men being wrong and refusing to recognize when they're wrong i guess mm. you know uh, he's very aggrieved here. He says, you know, she is so jealous. You know, she's always watching me like a hawk whenever I'm talking to other women. Whereas she can freely go around and talk to any man here, there, or or wherever. And I'm not allowed to be jealous. Kind of conveniently ignoring the fact that he's been having sex with one of the servants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then he says, yeah, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set her straight. Um, the, the exact phrase he uses is... Um, so, uh, is literally a bottle of vinegar. Um, but it, it's here as a reference for to a, a kind of a jealous person. And he says he's going to da ga xi lan. So, da is to, to hit. And in this case, da ga xi lan means smash to bits, kind of smash to smithereens. So, I'm going to take that vinegar bottle and smash it to smithereens. Mm. Um, he's going to teach his jealous wife a lesson. So yeah, he comes across in this chapter really as a deeply unpleasant person. Um, we 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 don't have a good impression of him at all. Um, but it's a it's an amusing chapter. There's a lot of like twists and turns. Uh, yeah, there's there's one thing which um, which I notice, which is he uses this phrase about how he's going to sort his wife out, um, where he says she's going to die in his hand, basically, uh, literally zai wa shouli. And this echoes almost exactly the words that uh, his wife, Wang Xifeng, used in an earlier chapter when talking about this creepy guy, Jia Rei. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, who was like, the guy who was, you know, creeping on her, mm-hmm. basically. Of course, yeah. Um, she, she was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of play around with him, going to toy with him before kind of crushing him completely. And I will see him die in my hand, basically, you know, was the... Hmm was the way she put it. So maybe the author there is trying to, yeah, trying to place those two characters in parallel. I suppose so, yeah. This is somehow that yeah, there is some some kind of parallel between it whether whether there's in any suggestion that there's like, you know, equivalence of 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 um uh value in any way or, or not. I'm I'm not sure. Mm, um, interesting. Okay. And then we just have this one the 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 kind of final part, right? Is um so he he's trying to grab Pingar uh, and have have his way with her, as it were, um, and she slips off and escapes. And as she's shouting after her, she's standing out in the courtyard, saying things back to him through the window. And so there's this kind of strange scene where he's inside, 
and she's outside and they're talking through mm-hmm. the window and that's when uh Xifeng returns again <laughs> and um which of course means that had they engaged in anything they would have been caught uh and so he he comes across as just reckless no, right don't you think mm. i mean it mm. seems like he almost got caught twice in one day had uh yeah pingar relented uh, and unfortunately it seems almost like uh Xifeng mistakes pingar as being to blame in this situation so she returns and sees them there and Xifeng says if you want to talk why not talk inside the room like you know what what are you doing running around outside and shouting through the window and Jia Lian says don't ask her she thinks there's a tiger in the room and she's afraid of being eaten which is really too much considering that he's basically just tried to sexually mm-hmm. assault her um, and is now playing the victim and Ping Ar says he's in there on his own what should I be doing in there with him <laughs> And uh, Feng says, all the more reason for being in there, I should have thought, if he's on his own. Uh, patient says, was that remark intended for me? And she replies, Feng says, well, who else? And <laughs> Patience responds, you'll make me say something I shall feel sorry for in a minute. You know, you'll make me say something I, I regret. Uh, don't make me say something I'll regret, basically. You know, um, I, I can understand that she probably feels very aggrieved here because she, maybe against her best better judgment, agrees not to reveal that Jalian has been sleeping with someone else and for her troubles she's narrowly avoided a sexual assault and and is now getting it from both sides you know her mistress as well as her master and we can see that Xifeng has taken it the wrong way because Pingar kind of storms off and Xifeng is talking to to her husband to Jalian and she says I really do believe she's trying to displace me you know uh-huh. This girl's gone mad, you know. It seems like she's, yeah, somehow trying to get one over on me, um, kind of thing. So, for the present, at least, she's maybe kind of got the wrong end of the stick. Um, anyway, that that's pretty much where the chapter ends, yeah. isn't it? Um, so this is a shorter chapter. Yeah, and we can see, you know, the it's kind of interesting dynamic between the characters. We see uh, what married life, what married life is like between. Um, Xifeng and mm-hmm. uh, Jia Lian. Not happy <laughs> is, is is the answer. Or, you know, certainly some fairly fundamental problems. It's amazing how much different her like day-to-day life is than that of Bao Yu and Dai Yu and the rest of the younger, slightly younger um, relatives. It, it really seems that Xifeng is only maybe like six years older, but her her activities are just completely devoid of the the play and the the gaming that seems characteristic of um of Bao Yu and Dai Yu and, and even Bao Chai. Yeah, she lives a very much more um, adult existence, you know. Um filled much more with the concerns of, of yeah mm-hmm. grown ups. But it doesn't seem like it's a necessarily an advancement. It ends up just being a different kind of scheming and uh, game playing and these this weird like sort of like instead of writing poems, you're you're constantly playing like power chess. It's yeah, a, I, I think that might be. Yeah, maybe that goes back to her, you know, being too cunning by half, as the poem from chapter five sort of uh, predicted. Okay. Well, any any final thoughts before we leave it there? Yeah, let's call it a day. Um, 
And so thanks everyone for listening. Uh, this has been another installation of Rereading the Stone. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Rereading Stone. Uh, we'd love to hear from, from everybody. Uh, comments, critique, uh, suggestions. Um, until next week. Next week's going to be chapter 22. Bao Yu finds Zen enlightenment in an operatic area. Or aria. And Jia Zheng sees portents of doom in lantern riddles. So it's the famous riddle chapter. This is a, a must-listen event. Until next time, uh, <laughs> bye-bye. Bye-bye.